the show and tell now, shall we? What's good, beautiful people of the world? I am a currently wired creator K, and no, not that kind of wire. Okay, that part of my life is behind me. I don't do that anymore. I don't want to talk about it. Welcome to episode 38 of the Show and Tell podcast, a bi-monthly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Glad to have you here. I hope you are well. If you've listened before, welcome back. I also hope that you are also well. Joining me on the show for this episode is photographer Sam Fu, a gifted shooter with an eye for a story in which he chooses to depict through his various lenses. Sam is dope. I'm sorry, I didn't finish that sentence nearly as eloquently as I started it. I just kind of ran out of steam when I wrote this, and I'm recording this much later than I intended. You know how it goes. So in part one of the episode, Sam shares his origin story of how he got into photography, his favorite kinds of shoots, and how he both prepares for them and adapts during them. We both share our respect for YouTube University. Shout out. A tool that has taught us many things which have aided us in becoming more well-rounded creatives. Sam also talks about his newfound hobby, cycling, and how involving himself heavily in a new scene has not only benefited his physical health, of course, but his mental health as well. In part two, Sam brings in a person to show and tell, not literally, but in spirit. He talks about his friendship with this fellow creative and how he looks up to him as a source of inspiration for his own work. Now with that said, please put down your pencils, get up from your seats, come over to the carpet and sit crisscross applesauce, please. It's time for show and tell. Welcome to episode 38 of the Show and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Creator K, and joining me on the show today is photographer, visual artist, more specifically, visual storyteller. It's Sam Fu. What's good? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me on the show. Um, you're you're in Seattle, right? I am, yeah. How just to get this uh well, not to get it out of the way. I'm I'm curious to know because I've spoken to a couple people who live in the area have you been affected by those fires at all like has that crept up towards you or i mean i'm sure at the very least like the atmosphere is a lot different has that shit gotten up to you oh yeah for sure uh right well today i mean it's i think yesterday it was like it was like okay we still had some we have some smoke but today it's pretty bad um so it's definitely a huge difference between yesterday and today um it's super smoky outside right now Damn. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been seeing the pictures. I saw like San Francisco, that's where my boss lives. My brother's out in Portland. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, I, I haven't experienced anything like that. Um, it makes me feel like an asshole for complaining like a month ago about how hot it was. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't hot enough to start a fire. Right. It was just crazy. But yeah, hopefully you're staying safe out there and everybody else is too. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely not going outside anytime soon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, isn't it wild that like, you know, we have coronavirus, which prevents us from going outside in a usual manner. And especially, I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but affecting you as a photographer. Now there's this, which is even more of a reason or right. a hindrance in, <laughs> in terms of not being able to go outside. Right. No, right. Before we get into the rest of the show, I almost forgot about this part, most important part. Sam, why don't you tell the listeners who might not know who you are, who you are and what you do? So I am a photographer, freelance photographer. I currently, well, I guess I used to do just photo work, uh, but I do starting to do video work now. Um, but yeah, I shoot a lot of different things. 
Uh, I don't really limit myself on, uh, I don't shoot like a specific genre. So yeah, I shoot a lot of different things from weddings, uh, fashion editorials, concerts, you name it. How do you feel about weddings, doing doing wedding shoots? They, I mean, if you're... You can be honest. <laughs> when you're first starting doing weddings, I, fe- I felt like it was like really stressful at first, especially, you know, you, you can't miss that, you know, the kiss, that moment, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel like after doing, um, I've done like maybe over a dozen weddings now, but after doing them for a while, I feel like I got a little bit more comfortable, but it's, I feel like still when I do weddings, uh, it can be stressful. Uh, it just really depends on who you're working with, the dynamic with the, the couple and the families. Overall, I think it's pretty fun though. Yeah. I mean, I know, and I know from speaking with a few other colleagues that it's pretty lucrative as well, which is obviously not oh, yeah. the most important thing, but that's, that's, I mean, yeah. it's a good way to get into making it uh, a career. I, I've only done one wedding and it was video and I was still in school. So this would have mm-hmm. been ugh, like six years ago. And I was just anxious the whole time for the same reasons. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss that. It was also indoor and very dimly lit, which I'm sure oh, is making yeah. like a tingle run down your spine. Cause that it just like sucked to, to <laughs> try to get mm-hmm. like all the good shots. And the clients were fine, but there, it was just a little, I, I don't know. I feel like that one experience kind of colored my view on doing weddings. Uh, so I've, I, I was just curious to know if you, uh, how you felt about them, but, but I mean, they mm-hmm. can be, I mean, I feel like it probably tunes your skill set nicely trying to capture oh, yeah. specific moments. No. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Word. What is your favorite kind of shoot to do? I know that you said you don't like to limit yourself to, you know, one specific style or whatever, but do you have one that you, or, or a, a photo shoot that you go into it that you're more excited about than, than another? I mean, one thing I can think of is I love doing like concert photography, like just shooting festivals, music festivals. I mean, obviously I can't do that right now, but um, if I could choose one, like I feel like concert photography has been uh it's definitely up there for me just because the lighting is always changing um it's just exciting environment to be in so yeah i really enjoy it dope how do you get into something like that i mean yeah how do you get into something like that because because if i again i'm i uh i'm not on top of my game i meant to say this at the very very beginning if people (laughs) should go check out your instagram so that way they can get kind of a vibe of the photos that you take because your photos are incredible uh thank you if i may gas you up very quickly (laughs) uh what was what's the what's the at very quickly uh my instagram is at samfu photo so s-a-m-f-u photo tight so yeah people should go check that out and they don't even have to pause the show to go do so they can go check out some of your photos and they'll notice that you've been to some some uh festivals and some some music events and you've taken some flicks of some really prominent talented artists which i which is really cool and i my immediate thought was like how did you get into that position to be in the pit to like get a close-up shot of tyler the creator um so for bumbershoot so that that music festival is called bumbershoot music festival uh it's in seattle Usually happens every year, uh, like around September. But yeah, I I first got into it because uh, one of my close friends, who's also a photographer, him and his uh, or her and her uh, husband, they they were asked to shoot it. But I think they they had told me that they they were busy or they had they're gonna be out of state or something, and so they basically handed it it off to me. They recommended uh, the person to me, and that's that's how I started shooting. Bumbershoot Music Festival, and that's how I got started doing that. And after that, I, I guess I just developed a relationship with them. 
and uh, I started shooting bum shoot every year, four or five years in a row. Yeah. Damn. Well, hopefully it comes back soon so you can get back into it. Right. <laughs> Definitely yeah. miss it. Hope so. That's uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's a testament to the idea of just trying to become friends with other creative people or just as many creative people as possible. Cause you never know, mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to get an opportunity passed down right. to you or, you know, I, I love when I'm able to, even though it's a signal of kind of, <laughs> of stress, like having too much on my plate, it is a nice signal to be able to, uh, pass off work to other people and kind of spread the love around. So that's really cool that you got that opportunity. Definitely. So with that shoot, with wedding shoots, with, you know, maybe just model work, how do you prepare for sh- for shoots like that? Does does your prep work ever change like from shoot to shoot or what are you thinking about when you're preparing for uh for just yeah, just, just different kind of shoots? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Uh I feel like I don't really have like a like a thing I do to prepare anything. I I usually if anything, it's just making sure my batteries are charged and, <laughs> and my memory card is yeah. empty and not full. So, <laughs> right, right, yeah, I know that. I know that energy. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't really have any sort of prep. I do. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times. Well, th- that makes it sounds like sound like I've done it a lot. And if prospective clients are listening to this, they're not going to want to hire me. <laughs> but um, I, I've had situations where I've uh, gone to a sporting event and mm-hmm. just forgotten an SD card. Like mm-hmm. one of the three, I just needed one of three, and one's in the computer, one's like nowhere to be found, and the other one's like in my oh, other no. camera or something. Thankfully, oh, in that no. situation, it was in school, so I lived off campus, and it was like you know, a quarter mile away. So I ran and got it. But yeah, like the, the battery charging thing, it's the little things that no matter how experienced you are, sometimes you forget about it. Cause there's a lot of things on your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's it just happens. me, but yeah. I mean, you're thinking about, you know, what's the lighting going to be like, what's the weather going to be like, especially right. in photography and video. And mm-hmm. in terms of that stuff like that, unforeseen circumstances, cause you can only prepare so much. And even though a lot of the, the work is in the prep, I feel like for, mm-hmm. for photography and, and video and kind of visual arts that are like that, how do you kind of adapt to situations where, you know, maybe it was sunny when you left the house, but then you get to the shoot and it's partly cloudy, which I think is one of the worst things and <laughs> one of the worst natural circumstances when you're like, oh, I got perfect lighting and then the sun goes behind a, a cloud. How do you adapt to stuff like that? I mean, I, you kind of just have to roll with the punches, I guess. Uh, just change up your settings a little bit like, and then just shoot and then I guess I just think about uh when I'm editing I just be like okay well I can I can always you know make it look a lot better in editing than what it really is uh, but obviously keep it natural yeah I mean how often are you thinking about the post-production process while you're in the moment because I know I do a lot actually fairly much I it's, it's pretty automatic though when I'm shooting I'm like okay I like this lighting condition, how I'm shooting it. Like in my mind, I'm already thinking like, oh, I know how I'm going to edit this. Word. In terms of adapting to situations with clients, is there ever a situation or has there ever been any time with model work where you've kind of had to loosen them up or yeah, maybe they're a little bit stiff in front of camera and you've had to kind of loosen them up. Is there anything or any tricks that you have that you kind of go to uh, for something like that? I feel like I've been in that situation multiple times. I mean, I feel like any creative has 
Yeah, I think what what I what I try to do is establish a connection, just like kind of talk to them, you know. I mean, we're normal people and converse. Um, just ask them about themselves. Try to make it keep that conversation going, so there's no like dead silence, awkwardness, you know. And, and then just keep communicating with them, and just overall being a good person, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you don't want to <laughs> criticize the model too much. Yeah. Uh, or or at all. I mean, yeah, no, definitely got to make them feel comfortable. I'm starting to get into more uh, model type shoots, I guess. I'm I'm working closely with a, a friend of mine who's releasing an album and I've been shooting his press photos and just the overall creative direction. But I just did a shoot probably, I mean, it was like the first shoot I've done in, in years. Before I moved to Boston, I had a good friend of mine, Muhammad, who was a, a very early guest on the show. And mm-hmm. he was... um. He was aspiring to be a model of, of some kind, and it was just nice to have somebody to shoot. And then when I moved to Boston, I I didn't necessarily know like any subjects and or or just didn't have the time for the opportunities um, that might have presented themselves. But going on the shoot was was really nice. It was really refreshing. It felt kind of like riding a bike, which is a not uh, an intended pun because it's we're, that's something we're actually going to talk about <laughs> later <laughs> on in, in the first half. Um, Perfect. I know, right? <laughs> Did that one to myself without even knowing. But it, it really felt like, yeah, I was like, I mean, I, I remembered everything about ISO and shutter speed and all of the other nerdy things that people who don't do photo or video won't care about. Uh, but I remembered all of that stuff. But yeah, it took a while to kind of get back into the flow of things. But it was really nice to kind of just, yeah, just like get that conversation going. And once it felt mm-hmm. more natural between the two of us, it, the, the, the photos just got astronomically better. Like if you looked right. at the first couple, they sucked. And that was partially right. because I was getting adjusted to the lighting and just, mm-hmm. and all of that. But then once like that energy kind of got flowing and you can kind of feel mm-hmm. that back and forth, it, it started to, the photos yeah. just started to get better and it showed in, in the work itself, which was pretty cool. Yeah. There's always that warm up phase, you know? Yeah. Yeah, those are the photos you don't show to the client. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is tricky when they're like, "Oh, can I see how that came out?" And you're like, "Uh, uh <laughs> do, do you ever? Is, are do you ever? Are you ever put in a situation where you don't want to show them the photos right away? And do you have anything that you tell them, like an excuse that you make up? I'm, I have my notebook ready to, to write <laughs> this one down. You know what? Actually, I've never really had that situation because I I tend to always. For me, I always show the client, like, as I'm shooting the photos, just so they can see. Because, I mean, when you're shooting, it's it's kind of inevitable that you will get some derpy shots here and there, you know. Um, right. So not every shot's going to be perfect. But I always make sure to tell them that, like, oh, there's probably going to be some derpy shots or half-eyes-closed shots here and there. Um, but that's just normal, you know. Um, so I just tell them that. And, I was just make sure to show them the image so they know what they look like and they can they can adjust. But yeah, right. And you kind of have uh, some ammo in case they slander you. You're like, don't <laughs> don't say anything negative about me or I'll release nope. this photo of you half blinking. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's leverage. That's what I call leverage. <laughs> Let Let's rewind a little bit. How did you get into photography? I meant to ask that. I feel like I'm all over the place. This is what happens when I am doing my regular job and then I have a, have a show. Uh, I, sometimes it's difficult for me to reset my brain or pivot it a little bit. But I meant to ask this at the beginning. How did you get into photography? Because you've clearly been doing it for a while and you have, like, like mm-hmm. I said, your Instagram is a very good display of your work. 
And I would imagine that it's been taking some time to get to that level of quality. How long have you been doing it for? And like, how did you get into it? As far as how long I've been doing it, I'd say 14 years. Damn. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> what's what's it's, the it's what's point a what's point a of that 14 years is that taking your first picture or getting your first camera going back i actually i started photography because of skateboarding uh and i started skating probably towards the end of junior high there wasn't really or at least to my knowledge i didn't really see any photographers out there taking photos of skaters uh and so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up a camera and I want, I, I kind of want to document, you know, all my friends doing tricks and stuff. I thought it'd be fun. Um, so I actually started off shooting film before I even touched digital. Um, oh, wow. And I learned film when I was in high school. Uh, we had like a film lab. So I took a course doing film photography. Yeah, I had a, an old Nikon FM2 that my dad used to own he actually owned two of them and he passed it down to me so i inherited that uh, started using that and then i think not too long after maybe like a year a year after maybe i i got my first digital camera it was like a canon rebel t1i super basic t1i i I didn't (laughs) like of course there was a t1i because i got a t3i i didn't even like think about because my T3i is so old. T1i, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like the the OG model, yeah. And with the kit lens, the 18 to 55, and I just rocked with that. I didn't eat, I didn't know anything about like prime lenses, but yeah, I got that. And then funny thing though, my my actually my second lens that I ever owned was a fisheye lens because I knew in in the skating world like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like fisheye, like action shots, and I, I would I look at all these skate magazines, be like, oh yeah, all these shots are. Uh, I was like, oh, what? How do they make it look like that? So I, I kind of did some research myself and found out that oh, it's a fisheye lens. Like, okay, I need to get a fisheye lens. So I got my first uh, fisheye lens. It was like a, I think it was like a Tokina, ten to fourteen or something. It was like a, it was a zoom fisheye lens. I was like, okay, cool. And I was, I was super stoked on that. And that's. Yeah, that was like my first fisheye lens I got. Um, so yeah, I, I started because of skateboarding. Um, um, and then from there, uh, I kind of branched out to, I started getting asked about senior portraits. I was like, oh, okay, so I could, I could get into that. So I started doing that and then uh, started doing uh, weddings because my friend had asked me, like, oh, do you want to, do you want a second shoot for me? And so I, I started doing that and just kind of branching out to other stuff and, yeah kind of grew from there damn yeah i mean i I imagine it's somewhat difficult to look back on 14 years of work i mean that's that's a, that's a lot that's a long time <laughs> yeah no <laughs> it's a definitely. very long time it, i film is something that i have have a, a at least a certain level of desire to get into but i know that there's kind of a i mean there is a financial barrier of entry to get into that because you know you have to buy film there's there's a barrier of entry to a lot of creative things, especially photography. You got to have the right camera. Well, let me take that back because anybody could could be a photographer. But I feel like taking it to the next level, there's some things that you have to have or should have or are mm-hmm. recommended having, I think is the best way of putting it, to right. get the best product that you want, whether it's a DSLR, mm-hmm. SLR, film camera, whatever quality, you know, photo editing software, which can cost money as well. 
what are your thoughts on barriers of entry or, or how would you respond to someone who said, I want to get into photography, but I can't because I, I can't afford this camera or I don't have Photoshop or Lightroom or access to these things. What would your response be to someone who says something like that? I'd say, I mean, nowadays everyone has iPhones, right? And just, I'd say just use your phone, you know, start there or go on Craigslist or go on uh, Facebook and try to look for the most basic camera, even like a point and shoot and just start with that. Learn composition, learn, learn lighting, what light works best. Just experiment, work with what you have. Yeah, no, I mean, that's very simple, but very powerful, I think, to, to channel that you know, mm-hmm. DIY is such a huge thing. You can learn how to shoot photos on YouTube. And like you said, yeah, Craigslist, Facebook marketplace, which is something that I don't tap into that much. If, if I'm being honest, I feel like Facebook marketplace has a lot of good stuff on mm-hmm. it. Uh, I sold a couch on it once. That was cool. Nice. But, but yeah, but I mean, there, there are, there are methods of, uh, there are methods to overcome some of those barriers or obstacles. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but furthermore now, if someone, let's do another hypothetical. If someone came up to you and was like, you know, I have all this gear and, uh, you know, I have the editing software, but I just don't feel like my photos are saying anything, or I don't feel like anyone's seen my photos or, or anything like that. What, what are some, what's some advice that you would give to an aspiring photographer or an aspiring creative as a whole to build an audience and become mm-hmm unique or just, I don't know, what's the right word? Um, standing out. How would you encourage them to mm-hmm. stand out and find their style? Because photography specifically is it's a very saturated field. I'm sure you would agree right. with that. You know, there's oh, just yeah. b- because of the reasons, you know, that you mentioned, you know, people can shoot pictures on their phones and phones are such yeah. high quality that you can get good shots. So right. how would you tell someone or what would you advise them to do in terms of standing out and building an audience? That's a good question because I feel like it's different for everyone. But I think in general, at least for me, just kind of like looking at other other people's work that you admire, either it's on Instagram or it's like in magazines, looking at like maybe editorial magazines. But yeah, just looking at work that inspires you and maybe try try kind of putting your own spin on what you see. Try to not necessarily like replicate the shoot, but like use elements of it and then kind of tweak it and just see what happens. You know, I think it it all comes down to experimenting. So seeing, you know, seeing all the work and trying things and uh, seeing what works for you and seeing what doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up a good point. I think, you know, you obviously don't want to try to copy other people's style or or, mm-hmm. or whatever, but I think there is a base level, at least for me and my personal experience, if I'm looking at a tutorial or if I'm looking at someone's work, I think there is a base level of trying to replicate what someone has made. And then in that exercise, you might find that, oh, I'm not really capable of carrying this part out. Mm -hmm. So let me try it this way. And then I think from there, you can start to kind of learn your own way of doing it. Cause I know that I learned how to edit videos through YouTube. I mean, I, I went to school as well, but by that point I had already kind of picked up the base knowledge because it was available to me before having to take classes on it. But 
you know, I was like, how do I do this in editing? How do I Google or I would Google, how do I do this? And I would try it. And if there was some part or I hit a, hit a roadblock and I was like, okay, I can't actually do this. Let's try it this way. That's mm-hmm. just kind of how I developed my own style. So I feel like, you know, you, you kind of said it like taking bits and pieces of inspiration and mm-hmm. just trying to kind of mold your own, your own vibe from, from exactly <laughs> YouTube university. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> seriously, like I, I owe, there are a few different things I owe parts of my life to one is music, but mm-hmm. another one is definitely YouTube and Google because mm-hmm. I just straight up, like, I want to add, I don't know, like I want to learn how to, I wish I had an example, but yeah, I want to learn how to do this in, in Premiere Pro and I would mm-hmm. Google it verbatim, like how to do this in Premiere Pro. And then somebody right. is having the same, somebody is either telling you how to do it or, t- you know, mm-hmm. telling people on the internet how to do it, or they're having the same issue and then getting right. responses. So it's, it's kind of a nice way to, uh, you're almost like stealing questions from people. It's kind of funny yeah. because like art is a lot of stealing. There's a lot of stealing in, in art true. and even, you're even That's like stealing true. questions from people, but true. yeah, yeah you, YouTube university is huge. Definitely. So many gems. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, did you tap into YouTube and, and Google a lot? I mean, I think I already know the answer to it, but when you were starting to really get into photography. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. All the time. YouTube, Google. I just looked up everything. How to do this, how to do that. Da da da. Best lens for this, whatever, you know? Yeah. I still find myself. I mean, like I said, I was on that shoot and I, I know I said, I already knew a lot about, well, not, I already knew about ISO and aperture and shutter speed but i still like googled i was like just to make sure just in case it's changed or i forgot i'm still checking mm-hmm. on that stuff yeah kind of like it's like quizzing yourself a little bit right because i mean yeah. that specifically that gets kind of confused that's still like it's not i don't know what the right word is but it's just so yeah i don't, I don't want to get too into it because i feel like i'm going to alienate some listeners by getting into like the oh. nerdy fo- photo speak but yeah it's all good <laughs> yeah yeah so as you mentioned at the very top of the show, or maybe it was before we started recording, because of the pandemic, you're starting to kind of branch out and realize that you need to pursue some other outlets or it would be nice to kind of expand your skill set. What kind of other, what kind of things are you getting into or what have you been getting into in the last, I don't know, let's say year? Uh, definitely been diving into video work. I feel like that's a field that's, I, I kind of lack in, in terms of the knowledge. So I'm just trying to, learn more about video, do more video. And then I've also been teaching myself graphic design uh, and digital illustration as well. Um, But yeah. Awesome. Have you learned anything about yourself, your learning habits in in taking up something new? Um, Good question. Or has it been, have you found it harder or easier than you thought to pick up, let's say graphic design? I mean, obviously, it's, it's going to come with some challenges, whatever you're trying to learn. Um, but I, I feel like for me, though, it, was, it felt natural. So it wasn't too hard to pick up uh, just because I had already had the natural interest. And I guess being in a creative field, I don't know, it just came natural to me. Natural as in like knowing what I wanted to create. But mm. uh, I think the tough part would be how to execute it, you know. Right. And having that base level of knowledge of, of a fielder, I, I mean, I, without knowing you 
exactly the way you are. I would think that 14 years of photography has made you an expert. Uh, d- d- is it bad to say that? Because I feel like 14, you know, yeah. the years of experience. I mean, relative to me, let's say, I mean, relative to me, you're an, you're an expert in photography because you have that level of experience. And I think just having that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, makes it loads easier to pick up something else in the artistic sphere. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like uh, all that experience, you you kind of have developed a, a certain flow to how you do things and how you approach things. So I feel like uh, in that sense, it's helped me to kind of approach graphic design in that same way uh, and how, how I want to learn it. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. And I, and I was hesitant on saying expert, um, not because I don't <laughs> think you're, you're not an expert, but because I just feel like that term is, is an interesting one. I should have chosen a better one, but, uh, oh, cause, no, cause like, you know, mastery is such an interesting thing when you're, mm-hmm. uh, a creative. Cause I, I mean, I've been doing video stuff for probably how old am I? I don't even know anymore. Uh, I'm 26. I started, so it's been like eight or nine years since I like picked it up, but I still feel like I don't know anything. <laughs> like that, so that's why I'm like, I don't like using that word, but yeah. Honestly, where I feel like as a creative, you're always learning something. It's it's never ending. There's always something to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, when, when was the last time you went on YouTube uh, to look up something to better yourself uh, as a as a photographer, let's say? Um, I guess earlier today, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I think I was looking up, um, I'm actually starting to, I want to get into printing my work. Uh, That's that's something that I kind of lack. So I was, I was a a YouTube, like, oh, best, uh, how to export for printing or best settings to export for printing. So that's, that's what I was looking up. And then it's a 14 minute video and you're like, why? is it so long to tell me how to do this (laughs) right right yeah i'm sorry i gotta suck it up i I need to know this (laughs) (laughs) i know i know i that sometimes the length of the video deters me from uh wanting to learn something new that's uh, a personal issue i have to get over if i want to get better (laughs) because you gotta you know something you you could miss a gem in in that yeah in that length of time oh yeah but Let's keep talking about new things because there's something new that you've picked up in the last few months. Actually, I could be wrong about that, but from my point of view, uh, and also this is a, a clue into how we met each other. Uh, we're part of <laughs> DJ Complexion's Discord oh, server. Yeah. It's lit. Shout out to Complexion. Yeah, Let's shout go. out to Complexion. <laughs> and um, we have the fitness channel. And yep. I that's where I learned that you are very much enjoying and very much into biking. Yes, a lot. <laughs> how... how was I correct in saying that, that it's, you got into it pretty recently or, or is it something that's been on and off and now you're starting to dig deeper into it? Yes and no. I mean, I, so before this year, I actually didn't really know. I didn't know too much about biking. Uh, all I knew was, so my, going back, I had a, my first bike was actually a mountain bike and I was like, uh, I wanted to go biking. I was like, okay, I'm, I got this bike. I can use this. It works. I didn't really think about like, uh, like sizing or like, I didn't, I didn't really know the difference between like a mountain bike and a road bike, like the different handlebars. I was like, Oh, it's a, it's a bike. It works. I'll just use it. And that that was basically my thought process then. But, uh, I think this year has been 
uh, more of an eye-opener eye uh, ever since getting into cycling. Because uh, one of my close friends actually got me into it. He he currently owns, I want to say, five bikes Oof. that he customly built. <laughs> so he's, he's pretty heavy into it. And so uh, everything, I guess a lot of most of the things that I've learned is from him. Um, but yeah, so I guess I want to say it is fairly new for me. It's, I feel like I'm learning it all over again. So yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's like learning how to ride a bike, but in a yeah. slightly different way. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. I mean, we follow each other on Strava too, and I, mm-hmm. dude, you go hard on the bike rides. <laughs> like, well, I think one of one I remember specifically. You're like, yeah, I was gonna, I don't know, maybe it was like a 10 mile ride, and then mm-hmm. it turned into like a 25 mile ride. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. There's been some some of those times. I just I just felt like I was like. Oh, I'm kind of feeling it. I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna ride this wave and keep going. So. Yeah, what's that? What's that feeling like? I mean, I, I I've found, I've always found this because I've always been an active person. Uh, just you know, I come from an active family. I played sports, and and in the last year year, I would say, or at least maybe even the last six months, I've mm-hmm. started to get more heavily back into physical activity. But I know that it really helps me obviously physically but mentally as well have you found that you've mm-hmm. gained anything mentally from from this uh i guess maybe just take it past the physical thing or not not mm-hmm. only just the physical thing but just this this new hobby this new physical activity have have you seen it benefit you mentally outside of just the the high that you get from the ride itself i would say yeah i mean uh i feel like it's provided clarity in my head like i feel like any form of exercise when you do that you do it it provides some sort of clarity to your thinking, you know? So yeah, I, I'd say so. Yeah. No, I, I feel that when I am done with a workout and as much as it sucks while I'm doing it, depending on what it is <laughs> afterwards, I feel great just, or at least like the an hour later after I take a shower and I'm at my desk, I'm like, I just, it feels, I can feel the oxygen circulating mm-hmm healthily through my body and I feel calmer and I feel motivated to get work done because mm-hmm. sometimes you just need that that boost so I'm happy that you found that too and I think just yeah. diving into a hobby even making something kind of a what's the right word not a chore but kind of extracting some of the meticulous aspects of it like you know like you said finding the right handlebars getting the sizing mm-hmm. right you know exploring different brands different techniques Mm-hmm. I'm acting as if I know what I'm talking about, but, and I think, I think I'm, it's passable. <laughs> I think it's passable, but I mean, like for me, even like, I haven't been into it as much lately, but, uh, tea, like I was very much into mm-hmm. tea and not just having just like the cheap bag tea you get at the store, like yeah. finding out, you know, what combinations of flavors I liked and the benefits of different mm-hmm. kinds. I think finding that there's kind so of hobby kinds. is there's dude. Yeah. There's so many kinds like, <laughs> Even out, yeah, just kinds within kinds, oolong, green, matcha, mm-hmm. yerba mate. Yeah, and I I get more into it in the wintertime because obviously during the summer it's it's a bit hot and yeah. I don't want to be drinking hot tea. But that's I guess that's my example of finding a hobby and actually like, yeah, just throwing yourself into it and mm-hmm. the, the nuances in it. And I think it's cool to kind of be creative in something that's not necessarily okay. thought of as creative at the surface, like like biking too. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I feel like more than anything, working out is like the last thing that comes to my mind when mm. I think of cycling. So it's it's more fun for me, for yeah. sure. 
What kind of music do you listen? Do you listen to music when you ride? Um, if I'm riding solo, yes. Uh, if I'm riding with a group, depends. Uh, usually, actually, when I ride with a group, or I usually ride with my homie, and he has like a Bluetooth speaker that he just puts in his uh little holder. His uh, I think it's like, yeah, he just slides it in the bottle cage, mm. and then we just bump that. But uh, yeah. That's what's up. What what kind of stuff do you like to listen to, or what what's the kind of stuff that I don't know? Maybe gets you going, makes you pump a little harder, maybe just helps helps the coast. Uh, I usually listen to a lot of mixes, so uh, mm. for sure, Future Beat Show always. That's always a good choice. Uh, I listen to Selection also. Yeah, those two are Selection and Future Beat Show are pretty heavy on rotation for mixes for me whatever yeah. I'm doing. I, I second that when I go for runs or, or bike rides and don't have a bike right now, but in the near future, I'd like to get one. That music is awesome. Cause if you want to feel like you're in a spaceship, yeah, that's, that's, I imagine that's close. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. It's the vibe for sure. It's awesome. So we will end off part one there and we'll come back in part two and chat some more. We'll catch you on the other side. Welcome back to the show. This is part two. So happy to have you here. If you left, what I don't even know what that means because you wouldn't be hearing this right now. And no hard feelings, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back. Like I said, this is part two of the show where I ask the guests to bring in an item of significance. We chat about it. They express their affinity for it, what it means to them, why you might like it too in some cases. So, Sam Fu. What have you brought into show and tell to share with the audience and me? I was about to ask, does does it have to be a, a physical? It does not. It doesn't have to be a physical item or a physical from your doctor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was that was a shitty joke. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it can it can literally literally be anything. I when I started this off, I had an idea that most people would share music, but then as time went on, people were sharing other things, and I was like, "That's really cool. Just literally anything you want." Yeah, that's a good question. I've never been asked that to present something that's uh, yeah. Let's um, let's let, let's see if I can jog the juice. What the fuck? Let me see if I can get your juices <laughs> churning or your brain churning or whatever they say. I don't know words. <laughs> anything that has kind of is that is there anything that you look to for inspiration in your work or anything that you're into right now maybe it is an album maybe it's a certain photographer's work or a certain artist's work or maybe it's mm -hmm. yeah i don't know what something like that or a quote or a book a movie i mean i mean i guess there's there's a one photographer that i i definitely look up to um his name is jordan nicholson i don't know if you or anyone else has heard of him but uh yeah he does he does a lot of different things other than photo work but mainly known for his photo work yeah i i just like his approach to how he does everything he has a very positive and uh i want to say colorful outlook on on his work oh wow yeah i just found him on instagram jordan loves dot life yeah 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 or i, I think him. his main account might be jordan loves cats let me see Oh, or really? Or is it Jordan? Oh no, no, Jordan loves life. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. That, is. that would have been baller if it was Jordan loves cats. 
Oh, you know what? I think his he has a second account, and it's Jordan Loves Cats. But with a K, though. Yeah, no, I'm looking but at yeah, his stuff now. He's worked with various uh, uh, amazing artists and just, like, celebrities. And just... He's worked with a lot of dope people in general. And I like that he's always down to support local and just up-and-coming smaller people. And if you ever meet him in person, he's probably like the happiest dude you'll ever meet. One of the happiest dudes and chillest dudes. Dope. Yeah. Like I said, jordanloves.life if people want to go check that out. It's really cool. He's got like some multimedia aspects to it. I'm seeing mm-hmm. some of his photos. Like he has the photo, but he's added some some digital art to it, which is really nice. Good, he's a dope uh, good digital food. illustrator for sure. Yeah, that's what's up. So yeah, I noticed there is a similarity between you or your feed or your pictures on Instagram and and his that he tells a story to the picture behind it or at least gives like what his current mm-hmm. thoughts were at the time or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Does that, mm-hmm. do you pull inspiration from that? Because I, I really like that. I like that, you know, you're making your Instagram feed more of an experience and like, you know, like your bio says, you're a visual storyteller. Why do you add these stories to your your pictures on Instagram? Because I feel like it could you could easily just post the pictures. I feel like sometimes right. I'm very uh, sometimes the posts that I have maybe I'm just being self critical or hypercritical. Uh, my captions can be kind of like uh, douchey <laughs> or something like I <laughs> like for for example I'll post a picture and I'll just put like one word because it's artistic. But with you, I feel like, you know, you give your your captions and your your copywriting gives more to the story. Why do you why do you do that? Is it just kind of a natural inclination? I think I mean, definitely is a natural inclination, but also I I feel like telling the story with more than just the image, giving some some context and how I felt at the time for me is important for whoever reads it. But I, I feel like oftentimes they're there's a lot of people on social media that don't really read captioning. I feel like mm. I want to say that people just look at the image, double tap and keep going. They don't really read the caption. <laughs> but No, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're definitely not wrong. I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I could go on and on about that. But uh, but no, I know I know where you're coming from on that. But I, th- I know I think it's really nice to it just adds some a human element to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to, I try to preach self-love and I just called myself a douche for my Instagram <laughs> captions because <laughs> I, because I'm thinking about it and, you know, without going too much into it, one word sometimes that, that does tell all the story. But, um, and then we, you get into the whole like image thing, like you're trying to present a certain image. Are you, do you ever feel like you're trying to present a certain does that go through your head when you're posting a picture or when you're adding the caption to a photo? Are you like, Oh, I need to do it in this way because this is how I've done it before. Or like, this is what people expect from me. Does, do those thoughts ever go through your head when you're sharing photos or, or stories as a, as a whole? Um, I mean, it definitely has in the past. Uh, but I, I feel like now, like the important thing is like, you know, sharing for yourself and not, not for others. But yeah, I mean, it has come in my mind in the past, but yeah, just sharing for yourself and not for others is definitely the way to go. More treating it more as a, a diary rather than um right I don't know like treating it like a photo kind of like photo gallery photojournalism mm, yeah cool so Jordan Nicholson there's somebody that I've just followed I'm uh, looking forward to getting inspiration from them 
and not looking forward to comparing myself to them because that's a nasty habit that I have. <laughs> that's never a good thing. <laughs> have you, wait, oh, so you met, oh, I just noticed Seattle. So have you met him in person? Yeah, I have. He's actually a, a, a good friend too. Cool. Um, I actually see him a lot at, uh, at all the previous music festivals and concerts that I shoot at. So he's always there. Shout out Jordan. I hope you're listening. If you're not, I question your friendship with Sam. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan. Yeah. Love you, bro. So there's one more part before we end off the show. And this is where I'm going to ask you, what is something that you didn't learn in school? And it's kind of funny how we were talking about, you know, YouTube University or YouTube Academy. <laughs> um, it's it, it's kind of like that. But what's something that you've picked up in your various walks of life that wasn't in a classroom? Something that a teacher didn't tell you about? It could have been... It could be something that a parent taught you or something that you, like I said, learned on YouTube or, you know, it could be a life hack. It could be a piece of wisdom, anything at all. Is there anything that comes to mind that you didn't learn in school? I think the number one thing that you can't ever learn from school is just being like a decent person. Uh, just like being nice and just not being a douche. I think that's uh, that's definitely something that... Uh, is important like creating connection and just being a good person yeah those communication skills definitely comes in handy yeah so. absolutely yeah they they that's a that's a good point i mean they don't have i mean they literally don't have a class called like right be nice 101 <laughs> right <laughs> exactly but yeah so, no that's yeah i like that i like that a lot yeah and i, I feel like that's that's something that's overlooked you know so I think that's super important. Yeah. Do you are you a believer in in energy? I'd say yes. Not yeah. and for, for those who might be confused, not 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 like like solar energy or wind <laughs> or <laughs> just the 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 metaphysical energy cuz I cuz I am and I think that's real. If you're nice to someone, it's you can it's kind of like you can phrase it in any way, like treat others how you want to be treated and if yeah. you, you give it, you'll give it back if you give the same energy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a big believer in that. And it's a good way to make friends. Take take notes, everybody. Yeah. Be nice. You'll make more friends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. Talk to people. Be nice. Straight Don't be up. a douche. <laughs> Straight up. Don't be a douche. If you get anything from this episode, I hope it's at least that. <laughs> so, Sam, thank you so much for hopping on the show. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Where can people find you? What would you like to plug? This is your time to shine. You've been shining the whole episode, but this is uh, some extra time. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at samfuphoto, so S-A-M-F-U photo. And then on Twitter, you can also find me, same thing, samfuphoto. Yeah, and then my website is samfu.co, which I actually need to finish and get done. So it's kind of under construction right now, but... uh yeah. And all of those links and any other relevant info from the show will be at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. If you want to follow us, we're at let's show and tell on all platforms. We got a discord. You can come hang out with us on there. The link is in the bio of our socials. If you want to give us a rating and review on Apple, if it's nice or not, I, I would rather you be truthful than dishonest. That would be cool. That would be very kind. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend as you would share anything you enjoy with a friend because sharing is caring. Peace. Peace.